بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی نائنتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiyallahu. And I've reached a point now where Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu has been ushered into the high post. And Abu Hurairah, like I mentioned, radiyallahu, was now around 45 years of age. So during Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu's blessed rule, The Qur'an was standardized by Amir al-Mu'mini. For during his reign, Islam had by now spread far and wide. And the differences between reciting the Qur'an became obvious. I, non-Arabs who had embraced Islam were making fundamental errors with its recital. And the various Arab tribes were now beginning to ignorantly boast about their own recital superiority, confusing matters even further. The companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, were greatly pleased with the Amir al-Mu'mineen over this most important matter, none more so than Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu, who had approached the venerable age khalif after he had compiled and made manuscripts of the Qur'an. And he said to him, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, you have indeed done the right thing and you are blessed in it. How? For I have heard Rasulullah say, those of my ummah who will love me, the most are the ones who will come after and believe in me. Though they have not seen me, they shall act upon what is in the hanging script. Abu Huraira added, I thus wondered as to what the hanging script could mean until I saw these manuscripts of the Qur'an. Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu was overjoyed with this hadith and he ordered that Abu Huraira radiyallahu be given 10,000. He then addressed Abu Huraira radiyallahu by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I am certain that you would never inform us of a hadith which our Prophet never said. He then ordered that whatever manuscripts that people had and contradicted the one he had ordered compiled should then be erased to avoid differences amongst the Muslims. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Ibn Asakir Al-Bidayat 7-217 with a sahih chain of transmission. So what's happened? So Islam has now spread far and wide. And non-Arabs, obviously, they were recited the Quran sometimes erroneously, incorrectly. What made the matter even more confusing was the Arabs themselves were boasting about their own Qira, <laughs> which is a dangerous statement because the whole Qira is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, i.e. the recitals. So Sayyidina Uthman was alerted to this. And he, radiyallahu, he standardized the Qur'an, meaning 
He made the Quraysh Qiraat the dominant one. And he made copies of this and he was going to send it to the Muslim, uh, the various parts of the Muslim land. When Abu Huraira saw those manuscripts that he had made, he came running. And he congratulated Sayyidina Uthman. He goes, you've done the right thing. You are blessed. I will tell you why. And then he narrated a very interesting hadith. And Abu Huraira, this shows he didn't fully understand this hadith. So what did the Prophet say? He said, those of my ummah who will love me the most are the ones who will come after and believe in me though they have not seen me. So this is an honor for us. The Prophet said, I would love to see my brothers. So the Sahaba said, are we your brothers, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet said, no, you are my companions. My brothers are those who will believe in me who have not seen me. So here the Prophet said, these are the ones who love me dearly. Then look what he said, they shall act upon what is in the hanging script. So Abu Huraira obviously heard this hadith and he goes, what's, what's this hanging script? When he saw the copies that had been made by Uthman, he goes, it's these. So he goes, congratulations, Abir al-Mu'mineen. You did the correct thing. You standardized the Quran. And when Uthman heard that hadith from Abu Huraira, he was so happy. He gave Abu Huraira a gift of 10,000. So this shouldn't be strange. He was the most generous. He was called Uthman al-Ghani. So he was so happy. Because why? Because he's done something and he's thinking, maybe I haven't done what's more appropriate. But when he heard that hadith, he was completely satisfied. And then he told Abu Huraira, praising him. He goes, I am certain you will never inform us of a hadith which the Prophet never said. Meaning, I've got no doubt that you heard this from the Prophet Then he gave orders that the other personal copies that was throughout the Muslim world were to be respectfully erased and the standardized one was to be made i.e. universal. So if you look at this report, what do you realize? How close was Abu Hurair to Sayyidina Uthman? He was so close to get access to him. And how much love they had for each other. Ay, subhanallah. The blessed name of Sayyidina Abu Huraira re-emerges again during the tragic tragic siege of the venerable Amir al-Mu'mineen's dwelling by the shayateen and mischief mongers. So, it's a long narrative. But Sayyidina Uthman's Khalifat was the longest. It was 12 years. He became the Khalif in his early 70s. So he lived into his 80s and he was tragically martyred in his dwelling. When he, before he was martyred, the rebels had surrounded his house. I <laughs> the mischief mongers. Sayyidina Abu Huraira was amongst the legions of companions who had wholeheartedly, earnestly pleaded to allow them to draw their swords in their defense against him and the rebels. So the question that goes through your mind is, why, how could they be surrounding the Amir al-Mu'mineen's house? They was, it was, this was Al-Madina. Why wouldn't anybody, you know, forcing them back? Because the Khalifa had not given orders. In Tariq Khalifa al-Khayyat, page 147, with a Sahih chain of transmission, it mentions, Sayyidina Abu Huraira said to Sayyidina Uthman Today to be killed with you 
would be a wonderful thing. Uthman responded, I order you to leave the house, Abu Huraira. <laughs> so Abu Huraira knew that Uthman was now deciding it's time to go. I'm going to get martyred. So look how comforting he, the words he uttered to Uthman. Today to be killed with you is a wonderful thing. In other words, if you go, I'm going. And Uthman goes, get out of the house. Meaning, no, because not your time. So this is a Sahih report. So note again, how close was he to Amir al-Mu'minin? Abu Huraira himself had related, I called on Uthman when he was under siege. And I said, Amir al-Mu'minin, fighting is now lawful. Uthman replied, O Abu Huraira, would you like to kill the whole world, including myself? I said, no, of course not, Amir al-Mu'minin. Uthman said, then remember, if you kill just one person unjustly, then in reality, you have killed the whole of mankind. Hearing this, Abu Huraira said, I returned calmly. This is in Ibn Sa'ad in Istabakat, volume 3, page 48. Ibn Asakir, Kanzal Umal, volume 3, page 25. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 410 of the Old English Translation. So he tries another approach. And he's basically saying, you can draw the sword, Amir al-Mu'mini. Your life's in danger. He goes, it's lawful. And Uthman, <laughs> he gave him another approach. He goes, would you like to kill me and the whole world? So he goes, of course not. He goes, if you kill one person unjustly, you've killed the whole of mankind. In other words, do you think I'm going to give you permission to draw your sword? He goes, okay, there's rebels, there's mischief mongers, but aren't they Muslims? And if you kill one person unjustly, he goes, it's like you've killed everybody on this world, including me. And he was actually referring to a verse, Surah Al-Ma'idah, Surah 5, verse 32, though he didn't quote it. So Abu Huraira again returned calmly. So now, what's happening? From these reports, you get a clear picture that Abu Huraira kept on returning. You understand? First, he said, I want to die with you. He goes, leave the house. Then he tried another approach. He goes, it's lawful to fight. And Uthman then says, if you kill one person unjustly, you've killed me and the entire world. And Abu Huraira left again. In another report, in Kanzul Omal, volume 9, page 129, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 564 of the New English Translation, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, he said, I was under siege with Uthman in his dwelling when one of our men was struck by an arrow. I thereupon said, Amir al-Mu'mineen, now that one of our men has been killed, it is all right for us to retaliate. He replied as calm as ever, O Abu Huraira, I command you strictly to throw down your sword. It is my life that it is wanted. And I am prepared to save the believers by giving my own life. I then threw away my sword in exasperation. And subhanallah, I do not know where it is to this very day. Said Abu Huraira. So this is another incident. So what's happened? There was gods, obviously protecting the meal al-Mu'minin. One of them was struck by an arrow and it led to his death. So Abu Huraira tried that approach. 
Gzabil al-Mu'minin, surely now, because one of, one of our men has been killed. He goes, surely now we can draw our sword. He goes, I forbid you. He goes, I command you to throw the sword down. And he goes, I'm ready to give my life. So Abu Huraira had no choice. He threw the sword. And he said, I don't know where it is. I just left it on the ground. But he didn't give up. It is related that Sayyidina Abu Huraira then approached again. And he asked the aged and venerable Khalif, he was a Amir al-Mu'mini, please allow me to at least talk to the levels. Give me that permission to at least to try and reason with them. So what happened? Abu Habib said, I entered the house when Sayyidina Uthman was being besieged therein. I thereupon saw that Abu Huraira was asking permission from Uthman Anhu to at least talk to the rebels. And Amir al-Mu'minin gave him permission to stop in the report. So another righteous soul enters. And he goes, I saw it. I saw Abu Huraira asking. And then I realized he wanted permission to talk to the rebels. And Uthman goes, I give you permission. Abu Huraira thereupon stood. He praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sent blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he thereupon spoke to the rebels outside. I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, soon you will meet after me a calamity and differences. Someone asked, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what do you then advise us to do? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Alaykum bil amini wa ashabi. Attach yourselves to the trustworthy one and his companions. When Abu Huraira narrated this, he pointed towards Uthman. This is an Ahmad in his Musnad, number 8541, is Hassan, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 4-433, Sahih, Zahabi, Sahih, Behaki, Mishkat, Volume 4, number 705W, in the chapter on Sayyidina Uthman. Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 356 of the New English Translation. So this is a very interesting report. So this is a Sahih Hadith. So what's happened? He gets permission. So how are you going to converse with the rebels? When you actually are talking to them, and some of your men have been killed, how brave is it for you to talk to them? He just got up and he just, he's risking his life. He'd be shooting, nilly willy. So what does that tell you about Abu Huraira? How much he loved Uthman, he said, I'm willing to give my life, even if I can talk to them. So he talked to them. And when he's talking, what impression do you get? You get this impression, he doesn't give a monkeys. No fear, nothing. Doesn't mention, you get this impression, he's as calm as ever. He doesn't even mince words with them. How does he first address them? He praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sends blessings upon the Prophet. Like he's doing a khutbah. And then he calls one hadith. Meaning if you're Muslims, are you going to act upon this? He goes, I heard. He goes, in other words, if you think I'm a liar, then that's the only weakness. I've heard Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Soon you will meet after, after me, calamity and differences. 
And how soon is this? Just 25 years after the Prophet. So somebody said, what do you advise us, Ya Rasulullah? Meaning, tell us what to do in that situation. Look at this amazing statement the Prophet made. It's like he's, he's already seen everything. He said, Alikum bil Attach yourselves to the trustworthy one and his companions. And Abu Huraira, when he narrated the hadith, he pointed towards Uthman. So he's looking at the rebels and he's saying, Attach yourself to the trustworthy one and his companions. So what's fascinating, subhanallah, another most worthy title was conferred upon Sayyidina Uthman, Al-Amin. The Prophet didn't say Uthman and his companions. The Prophet said, Alaykum bil amini wa ashabi. Who is more famously known as Al-Amin? Uh, apart from the Prophet the famous Sahaba. Uh, yes, he's also called Amin, but who was more famous? Abu Ubaidah. MashaAllah. In Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet وسلم, some Christians came and they wanted, they, you know, they didn't want to embrace Islam, but they said, look, we'll pay the jizya, but please send somebody who's trustworthy. So the Prophet وسلم, said, tomorrow, inshallah, I will send the Amin of this Ummah. So the Umar, who, you know, he's he started thinking, you know, I hope it's me, you know, he's opening his next day, Abu Ubaidah's called. And he goes, this is the Amir of this Ummah, Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, radiyallahu. So famously, it's Abu Ubaidah. But Rasulullah said the same words for Abu Bakr in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, sallallahu alayhi wa And he said the same words for Uthman. Now think about that. Why did Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa describe Uthman here as al-Amin? Because the whole base of the rebels was, they weren't happy with Uthman. Because he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing this, he's doing that. So how do you silence them? Rasulullah called him the trustworthy one. So now what's your argument? In other words, you don't trust him. I've heard Rasulullah say he is the trustworthy one and his companions. And Abu Huraira pointed. So note, Abu Huraira was trying his level best to save Amir al-Mubini. But alas, despite Abu Huraira was earnest pleas to the rebels, they gave no heed. And his words fell upon deaf ears. And ultimately, the Amir al-Mu'mini was inevitably martyred, i.e. brutally, in the confines of his own home. In fact, the Prophet mentions Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Sayyid Bukhari and he's in an orchard and he's sitting with a companion and he says to that Sahaba let the next person come in give him glad tidings of paradise so the Sahaba goes and it's Abu Bakr he goes mashallah he goes glad tidings of paradise and he sat next to the Prophet then the Prophet said the next person who comes in give him glad tidings of paradise Umar comes in radiyallahu then the Prophet said, the next person who comes in, give him the glad tidings of paradise after a calamity will strike him. So then the Sahaba goes, it's Uthman. And when Uthman is informed of the glad tidings, but after a calamity, Uthman said, I put my trust 
in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning the Prophet was preparing for that day 25 years prior. Well, he knew he was going to get martyred. And he did not want to be the first Khalif to shed the blood of the Muslims. And he fulfilled that. He, but he gave his life in the process. So now Abu Huraira, he was devastated. Both from the reports I've mentioned, could he have done anything more? You know, somebody literally says, what could he have done more? You know, he wanted to fight. He tried every avenue. He even spoke and he pleaded with the rebels. But he would remember Uthman and he'd weep bitterly. In Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabaqat, volume 3, page 91, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 2, page 506 of the Old English translation, it mentions, whenever Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu remembered the suffering of Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu, he would weep. He would then weep bitterly. So Abu Huraira radiyallahu, he lived many years after Uthman. He lived another 20, 30 years after Sayyidina Uthman. But when he would just remember it, remember what happened, what happened at the end of his blessed life, because he started crying and crying too much. In other words, he goes, what did they make him go through? Indeed, Abu Maryam, he said, I saw Sayyidina Abu Huraira on the day when Uthman was martyred with two braids and he was holding them. And he was saying, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Uthman was killed unlawfully. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Uthman was killed unlawfully. This is in Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq, page 493. Tahqiq Mawakif As-Sahaba 2-31. So he had a full set of hair and he had two braids. And he held both of his you know, braids and he was grieving over Uthman. He goes, he was killed unlawfully. Because how dare they kill him? Indeed, the day of Uthman's martyrdom was one of the most devastating days of Abu Huraira's life. So to mention the report, Abu Huraira said, there were three such calamities that afflicted me as a Muslim, the magnitude of which I have never experienced before. The first is the passing away of Rasulullah when I was still an inadequate companion of his. Because that was the most devastating. The second was the assassination of Uthman. Because that was heart rendering. And the third, the bike to carry provision for the journey. Then the report says that Abu Huraira said, when Uthman was martyred, everything I had was stolen, including the bike of provisions. Should I not inform you of how much I ate from it? I, for around 27 years or so, I ate more than two wasak from it. I approximately 384 kilograms of dates. <laughs> so let's look at this. So this is recorded in Tirmidhi, number 3865, Hassan Gharib, Ahmad in his Musnad, number 8636, Ibn Hibban, Behagi in his and Nubu'a, Abu Nu'aym in his Delay in Nubu'a, page 155, Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat, Al-Bidaya, volume 6, page 117, Fattul Bari, Mishkat, volume 4, number 161, in the chapter on his miracles, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ayad al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 587 to 8, of the New English Translation. So Abu Huraira said, these were the three most, you know, 
heaviest days of my life. He goes, I've never experienced them and I don't think I'll experience it again. And what was the first thing, obviously? Rasulullah's passing. He goes, that was destruction for me. And look how humble he was. He goes, I was still an inadequate companion. Because I didn't get enough training. He goes, I'm going to minute. Because he's the most prolific narrator. He goes, no. He goes, I wasn't fully qualified. He goes, that was the most, dis- and actually the Prophet himself said that. The Prophet said, the greatest test that my ummah will experience is my, is my death. Think about that. So Abu Huraira goes, that was the most, and they were the ones who saw it. You know, we hear it and we get affected. But they saw it, sallallahu alayhi wa What was the second? Look how amazing. He didn't say Abu Bakr's death. He didn't say Uthman's death. Uh, Umar's death. Martyrdom, sorry. He didn't say Abu Ubaidah's passing. He didn't mention anything. He goes, it was Uthman's assassination. He goes, that was, he goes, overwhelming for me. Then he mentioned the bike. He goes, the third destruction, it happened on the same day. <laughs> so two of the most destructive things that occurred to him happened on the same day. Uthman's martyr and the bike. He goes, it was stolen. And of course, I mentioned many sessions prior that this was the miraculous pouch where the Prophet told him, don't put your hands into it. And then he noticed this just kept coming out. And he goes, for 27 years, I ate from that pouch. And he goes, those shaitan stole it. So imagine, they were writing of man's martyr. And think about it, if they had really a genuine complaint, why are you now looting? You know, think about that. Somebody goes, well, they had a genuine complaint. Okay then. So they've killed uh, Uthman. Let's ignore that. What do you do after that? Go around looting. Right? Abu Huraira goes, they stole my my uh, my pouch. He goes, I ate from it 384 kilograms. I ate of dates. Look how touching. That wasn't the second most destructive. Uthman's death, he goes, was the more destructive. Like I mentioned, this also shows how wretched the rebels were. For not only had they assassinated the venerable Khalifa, but they thereupon also went on a looting spree in the holy city. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves from such wretched and a despicable state. I mean, how old now was Abu Huraira? Upon Sayyidina Uthman Amir al-Mu'mineen's tragic martyrdom, Sayyidina Abu Huraira was now 57 years of age. So he's getting older now, right? 57. So he's obviously he's past middle age. He's heading towards his, his old age. So this is when he went through the martyrdom of Sayyidina. Uh, he went through the tragic martyrdom of Sayyidina Uthman. And also it's important to highlight because obviously the shayateen, he goes, if he was a righteous man, why did they allow him to be killed? So if you don't know your history, they've got a point. So they'll say to you, those mischief mongers and those who are ill-informed, they say, Uthman was killed in his house. Do you know that? And a person goes, was he? He goes, do you know where his house was? He goes, Al-Madina. Do you know who killed him? Muslims. Do you know he was besieged? Now all of these things, you know, if you don't know your history, you're going to shock. And he goes, yeah. And then they then they put the line. The Sahaba didn't raise a finger to protect him. He goes, so why didn't they defend him? He was obviously guilty. Then they had another line. Some of the Sahaba were 
you know, involved in his martyrdom. And the simple response to that is, you don't know your history. And if you just look at any of the Sahaba like we've done today, just focus on one, Abu Huraira, you get the picture. They were all desperate in trying to save him. Now another very important lesson to finish. How obedient were the Sahaba? Think about that. You know, if you got well, you, you can't help it, but if you put yourself in that same scenario, wouldn't you have taken the law into your own hands? <clears throat> you would have said, Ya Allah, Amir al is getting on a bit, and his life's in severe danger, and I'm sure you'll forgive me. I've got to defend him. Probably get a few boys around here as well, right? Let's go for it. Why didn't a single Sahaba go against the command? They're teaching you, even at that tragic time, teaching you how important it is to obey the Khalif. So that's another huge lesson. You know, people say, how vital is it to, you can't, once he gives a command, it's obligatory upon you. And look how touching Abu Hurairah threw his sword on the ground, he thought, what can I do? But then he comes back, he goes, I can talk to them. Maybe they'll, you know, if I quote something to them. But these shaitans weren't, weren't listening. In fact, there's another report where Abdullah ibn Salam, another sahab, the hadith is in Timbadi and Mishkat. He goes, Amir al let me talk to them. He goes, go ahead. So Abdullah ibn Salam, again, showing they're brave, how brave he was. He's putting his life on the line. He goes on, onto the top of the dwelling. He's calling the people. And he said, and he started mentioning about himself. And it's one of those rare reports where the Sahaba is apparently praising himself. Because Rasulullah said about me that I am a man of paradise. Rasulullah said about me. And he starts, you know, the Prophet was praising him. And he goes, this verse is revealed about me. He goes, if you don't know, ask the people of the book. He goes, that's talking about me. And then he tells them, do not shed the blood of this innocent man. If you do, he goes, the help of Allah will leave you. And after that heart-rendering plea to them, guess what they said? Kill the Jew and kill Uthman. <laughs> so they didn't even address him as a Muslim. <laughs> Imagine, he was a rabbi, he embraced Islam. The Prophet, you know, obviously, doesn't matter what your background is. Once you're a Muslim, you're a Muslim. They call him a Jew. He goes, kill the Jew and kill Uthman. <laughs> So they were hell-bent upon killing Uthman <coughs> and eventually he was martyred. But this was the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's very touching now that if you actually go to Masjid al-Nabi, the house of Uthman is actually very close to the blessed grave of the Prophet It's actually inside the compound of the Masjid now. You can actually pray. <laughs> You're actually praying. So it actually became part of Masjid al-Nabi. Right? So when you know when you actually go to Masjid the Nabi and you've got a good guide, you say, Look, I'd like to see the blessed dwelling of Uthman. He goes, Oh, you're in the masjid. And you tell you and he goes, Hey. And he goes, This is the, and they actually point to the spot where he was martyred. And you're thinking, subhanAllah, right? So not again, all of this was to honor Sayyidina Uthman Allah. So all I mentioned today was now where the blessed name of Abu Huraira is mentioned with the during the Khalifa of Sayyidina Uthman Allah. Are there any questions you like to ask? So, one of the Hamdi is one of the Lahoma, be Hamdika, Shulai, Lahila, and the stuff of the God who believe with the Belaim, which is the Jim's father, and because of the Israel and my Sifu, and Salam and the Lahoma, 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 and the Lah